Hello everyone, my name is Andy and this is UFOs and other paranormal stuff. Too. What did you think about that? Really interesting that those last three objects out of the four that were shot down haven't really heard much about them, haven't seen any videos or photographs about them. So I do wonder what's going on there. Anyone have any ideas? Please do let me know. As I said last week in the special episode about that incident, I do find it strange that the the news media decided to use the term UFO instead of using the term UAP, which is now what we're all supposed to use. I don't, but it's what everyone's supposed to use. UAP, uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And they used the almost provocative term of UFO. Very strange for these big news corporations to be doing that. I wonder why they've done it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're all doing well. The episode this week is about the beast of Box Hill. Now, Box Hill is a lovely place to visit uh, for a day out, whatever the weather. doesn't matter if it's rain or shine, whatever. Box Hill is a summit in the North Downs on uh, in Surrey, approximately about 19 miles southwest of London. The hill gets its name from the ancient box woodland found on the steepest west-facing chalk slopes overlooking the River Mull. The western part of the hill is owned and managed by the National Trust, while the village of Box Hill lies on higher ground to the east. The highest point is Betchworth Clump, at 224 metres above the Ordnance Datum, and the Salomon's Memorial at 172 metres overlooking the town of Dorking is the most popular viewpoint. Box Hill lies within the Surrey Hills area of outstanding natural beauty and forms part of the Mole Gap to Rygate Escarpment site of special scientific interest. The north and south facing slopes support an area of chalk downland noted for its orchids and other rare plant species. The hill provides a habitat for 38 species of butterflies and has given its name to species of squash bug, now found throughout the southeast of England. An estimated 850,000 people visit Box Hill each year. The National Trust Visitor Centre provides both a cafeteria and a gift shop and panoramic views of the Western Weald may be enjoyed from the North Downs Way, a long-distance footpath that one runs along the south-facing Scarp Slope. 
I strongly advise that you visit. It is good for cycling and walking and there are many walking routes around the hill and of course the 2012 Olympic cycling event took world famous cyclists up and down the hill 11 years ago. You can of course go by car. There is a car park on the top of the hill. If you wish to visit by public transport, you can get the Great Western and South West trains to many of the Dorking stations and from there take a bus. Or you could get Southern train to Box Hill and West Humble station, which is just a stone's throw away. But beware if you plan on taking the shortcut and climbing up the hill instead of walking along the road, it is very steep and it is not for the faint-hearted. The railway line that runs between Red Hill and Reading has often been referred to as one of the most scenic lines in the country due to its passing by Box Hill and the North Downs. As mentioned, the National Trust owns some of the land at the top of the hill and they run a cafe, small restaurant and a shop too. It is one of those shops in which, if I was a millionaire, I would buy one of everything. They've got tons of stuff I could have there. And it's probably the same with the cafe as well, if I'm honest. Box Hill does have some people living on it too. It is also coming to light that the hill also has some other beings living on it as well. I don't mean dogs and cats that live with their owners, nor do I mean the usual nature that finds itself fluttering or hopping about the place in broad daylight. No. I mean the type of beings that try their best to stay away from the public because they're not supposed to be there. People will call these beings figments of our imaginations. You and I would call them cryptids. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, cryptids. Those animals or beings that science does not recognise or they are completely out of what we would consider their natural habitat. Now you will have noticed that I said beings and not being. That is because reports and articles that I have read mention more than one type of being living out of sight on Box Hill. According to articles in the Surrey Live and Daily Star, yes I know, dated for 2020 and 2022 respectively, a man told the world what he had seen. Athlete and author claims he saw six-foot ape man like Bigfoot at Box Hill, reads the headline on the Surrey Live. A man has said he felt like he was being watched in a chilling encounter with what he claims was a Bigfoot-type beast in Surrey. Andy McGrath, an amateur athlete who also happens to have written a book about cryptozoology called Beasts of Britain, was training in Box Hill when he believed to have seen a six-foot ape man. This occurred when Mr McGrath was having a rest on the steps that go down one side of the hill leading eventually to the famous stepping stones. He said that he heard something knocking on wood. He also started to get that feeling of being watched after hearing footsteps and breathing. He looked around to find, to his horror, the beast staring back at him. He mentioned that the beast had a horrible, lingering farm animal stench. I just remember thinking to myself, what's that noise? As it was loud, but distant and seemed to come from several directions. 
I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, could the fact that it was coming from several different directions mean that there was more than one of this creature dotted around Box Hill? He continued by saying that during his rest, he heard the noise get closer, but first dismissed it as a dog walker. It was still daylight and I could hear the footsteps coming down the hill. I did not look around at this point as I was sat to the side, out of the way, just expecting somebody to walk past. But the walking stopped. He could hear breathing and got an unsettling feeling that he was being watched. I turned back and looked over my right shoulder and there stood about 10 metres back to my right hand side and up the steps was what I honestly believed to be some sort of ape. It, its fur was brown with grey patches. The face was very human-like but with a flat nose. The jaw was big and looked out of proportion to the head which was domed at the top. The animal stood on two legs but appeared to our walker to slump forward. Its arms were long in proportion to its body. The animal was very thick built. I can only say solid muscle, Andy continued. He estimates its height to be around six foot, maybe more. Andy admits people might find it hard to believe his claims. He said what most people find hard to fathom, of course, is how such an animal could escape detection in a land such as ours. That is ostensibly one of the most thoroughly explored in the world. And to that, I would simply say that it is difficult to discover something that you are not seeking to find. As a researcher, Andy admits he used to laugh at the idea of Britain being home to such creatures, but now thinks reports such as his Box Hill Ape Man should be taken seriously. The Beasts of Britain author followed up on a report from summer 2012 and investigated the scene where an unknown creature allegedly approached a member of the public. I'm sure I remember hearing about that sometime in the, well, in the distant past, well, 2012. Andy McGrath's books Beasts of Britain and Beasts of the World can be found at beastsofbritain.com. It is here where you can find other information on Beasts too. Now, I said at the beginning that there could be more than one being living in secrecy on Box Hill. Just last year, I heard another report, this time on another podcast, about a man and his wife had just been out for dinner at a local restaurant. Here's what happened next. About a month ago, my wife and I went out for an evening meal. We live near the borders of South London and Surrey and we went to a place near Box Hill. We left the restaurant at about 9pm. Driving home, I had to switch the main beam headlights on and off because it was so dark, but I also don't want to dazzle other drivers. After a few cars had passed, I switched them back up to full again. As I did that, what I can only describe as a creature crossed the road in front of us. At first glance, you would have thought it to have been a dog, but on second glance, it was just way too big to have been a dog. It had a huge bushy tail like a fox and a large snout too. We tried to calm ourselves by telling us that it was a fox or a deer, but it was just too big to be one of those. It looked like a German shepherd dog, but just huge, maybe twice the size of a normal adult German shepherd dog. 
It looked like a wolf, but with a brownie sort of colour to it. Its shoulder blades looked like they came out a very long way as it walked across the road, like leopards or cheetahs when they're walking and their shoulder blades go right up. It just walked across the road. It didn't seem to be phased by us at all. I slowed down and it nonchalantly just walked over to the other side of the road. Not even noticing us, it went into the bushes, never to be seen again. I looked at my wife and was like, what the hell was that? We could not stop talking about it. Couldn't talk about anything else for the whole journey home. That sighting came from the Paranormal Activity podcast with Yvette Fielding. Then I came across another piece on the Beast of Box Hill, this time from an author who lives on the hill. And it goes like this. Standing one warm summer's morning at the lookout point atop Box Hill, the mists were hanging low over Dorking. I had seen this view many times and it had become second nature to me. But this was the day I first realised just how easy it is to believe that you know your environment so well and yet be so completely wrong. And how nature still has so many secrets to be appreciated. This was the day after I first saw the beast of Box Hill. After years of living on the hill, I have only seen the creature twice. I was driving back home, the morning's mist still hanging in the air. I had taken the first bend on the zigzag road when suddenly a creature jumped out from the bankside and stood in the middle of the narrow road right in front of my car. I stopped and stared at what looked like a wolf. It had the same loping stance that a wolf has but I knew that it was not possible. This was Surrey, and yes, Box Hill is the home to lots of wildlife. A badger was probably the most exciting thing you would see. I stared right into its eyes. They were almond in shape and the colour of amber. It had to be a wolf, surely. The long snout and the shaggy grey coloured fur. Or was I so tired from a long day at work? The creature lunged towards the other side of the road and was off. It disappeared into the trees. I sat in the car staring into these trees, hoping to get another glimpse of it, but I knew it had gone. I continued my journey home. But what on earth had I seen? The sight of that creature remained indelibly marked in my psyche. I knew every bit of the hill. I hiked out at every chance I got. I knew where all the badger sets were. I knew when the fox cubs were down on the donkey green. I followed the bat's flight from the old fort, saw the roe deer by the old kilns, etc, etc. There would be no way that a creature like that would have escaped my notice. I had spent time tracking in South America, and had been taught how to spot wildlife and how to spot the changes in the landscape that would reveal each different kind of large animal that was living nearby. I had not noticed anything untowards up here on Box Hill. Sheep grazed on the open slopes and a wolf would need to have eaten sheep to have survived. Yet there were no reports of any attacks, no half-devoured carcasses. 
I reluctantly deduced that the mists had been playing tricks on me, or maybe I was, after all, tired after a day at work. Yet it seemed so real and so wolf-like. Years went by and I never forgot the creature. I did feel like I would never see it again, though. Then one day in autumn, that feeling changed. It was a glorious November. I walked out on one Sunday to clear my head after a few too many drinks the night before with some friends. We've all been there, haven't we? I decided to take the long walk that to others would be considered a challenge. This consisted of Box Hill, Mickleham Downs and Heady Heath. A nice five to six hour walk that would definitely work off the hangover. The weather was wet and so there were not that many people out and about. I walked up Juniper Hill. I watched as a robin that had been singing a little song flew away into the trees. And it was then that I saw it. I saw through the leaves a darker shape, an animal. Immediately I thought, roe deer. And crouching down as low as I could, I crept nearer and nearer. It must have smelt me because the creature looked up. It was no roe deer. Again I found myself staring into the amber eyes of a wolf. We were both motionless. Incredible. Here I was on Box Hill in Surrey face to face with what was most definitely a wolf. I just could not believe it. I gazed at the magnificent creature spellbound. Suddenly the animal turned its body and jumped into the lower foliage of the golden beech trees. I stood up again and looked for it. It had gone. Out of the corner of my eye I saw some hikers coming this way. The man and the woman passed, nodding and saying a polite good morning, and continued on their way to where I had seen the wolf. They continued walking as normal. I assumed from that that they did not see anything unusual. I was not dreaming, I was not hallucinating, and therefore confirmed that however strange this sight, it was real. I had seen a wolf. As I made my way, I looked down the slope, and I saw a strange dark hump in the grass. I walked towards it. It was the remains of a partially eaten deer. To me, this confirmed even more that there was indeed a strange creature out there and it was very good at hiding. Two sightings in eight years. Would I have to wait another eight years to see it again? The beast will only appear when it is ready to do so. Until then, I live in hope that I am the one that sees it again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about that? That last story came from Lena and you can find them at lenawalton.wordpress.com So, ladies and gentlemen, not one, but two creatures, possibly more, seen by very few people who happened to be out on Box Hill just at the very right time. I have been to Box Hill many times since I was a child and can confirm that I have seen nothing strange at all. I will be going there on the day that this episode is published, which is Friday the 24th 
of February, so who knows, maybe my luck will be in then and it will make an appearance to me. Please do get in touch with your thoughts on these sightings and of course if you have had any sightings of your own. Whether it be cryptid kind, maybe you've seen the Beast of Box Hill, please let me know that, or, or ghosts or aliens, anything. As always, you can do that by contacting me through the website www.ufosandops.com where you can of course use the contact form at the bottom of the website to get in touch. There's been some issues with the website but they've all been fixed now. You can also subscribe to the website and take a little look around our shop too. Buy something. The podcast was made by me, Andy, and published and distributed by podbean.com. If you want to start a podcast, head to podbean.com, where their easy-to-use website will help you make your podcast into a reality, and they will spread it throughout the world. Thank you all very much for listening. I will speak to you again very, very soon. Take care now, and please do get in touch. Bye-bye.